This is London. You will now hear a statement by the Prime Minister. I am speaking to you from the Cabinet Room at 10 Downing Street. This country is at war with Germany. This is the BBC. The Home Office's National Air Raid Precautions Animals Committee, known as NARPIAC, advice to animal owners. If at all possible, send or take your household animals into the country in advance of an emergency. If you cannot place them in the care of neighbours, it really is kindest to have them destroyed. We have made available a do-it-yourself guide to putting animals down. I was extremely upset to hear the terrible, indeed cruel, advice from NARPAC that we should have our loving animal friends destroyed. In a time of national emergency, our pets are as important as our family and neighbours. They offer us warmth and comfort in these terrible times. Jane Bakewell, Bromley, Kent. This Home Office pamphlet is to inform the public that pets, such as cats and dogs, will not be allowed into the public air raid shelters. Air raid wardens are instructed to remove any domestic animal found inside the shelters. I know the missus and kids are safe, but if I went to the air raid shelter with them, I'd just be worried about how my animals was getting on, so I stays home with them. Brian Jones, Poplar, East London. I've handed back my gas mask to the warden. Whenever I puts it on, it just frightens Tibby. The gas will just have to poison me because I won't have my pussy upset. Doris Blessing, Croydon. St. Pancras, 2631. Is that the Lord Mayor? This is the Mayor's office. Well, could you tell him to be building an air raid shelter for my cat? We are not savages. This is the BBC. NARPIAC will be operating swiftly, offering refuge to lost or frightened animals, treating injuries or painlessly putting them out of their suffering. Our furry friends can act as an early warning system. Cats seem to know instinctively when enemy bombers are about and danger is near. They immediately dive under a table and wriggle their way to safety afterwards. The Secretary of the Midlands RSPCA branch explained that hundreds of animals have been among the victims of the Nazi air raids in the last few days. He said it was... Amazing the way so many cats had wriggled to safety out of demolished houses. Dogs are not so fortunate because they're larger and much more easily frightened. On the night of the 29th of October 1940, a War Reserve Constable refused me entry to my home on Telegraph Road because of an unexploded bomb. I told him I needed to feed Buster my cat. He said no matter, I shouldn't go in. Two days later, I sneaked through the barrier as Buster would be starving, but the warden saw me and I was fined one quid. When finally I got back in, it turns out the constable had gone in and fed the cat himself. I know there is a war on in that, but some good can come out of this terrible time. Mrs. Betty Proctor, Naughty Ash. This week in the can, Tuppence Monthly from your newsagent. Advice from your favourite pet magazine with our free booklet, How to Care for Your Dog and Cat in Wartime. Building a gas-proof air raid kennel for our four-legged friends. Locate a large wooden box, a tea chest will suffice. Have cracks stopped up by pasting paper over them. Fix on a lid. In the event of a gas attack, the lid and sides can be covered with a thin, wet blanket. 
The kennel should be placed in the trench in the ground to protect it from blasts and flying splinters or debris. Bob Martin Pets. What every feline friend wants to hear. Our gas-proof kennels with special air filter can also be used for cats. They have Shirley and Co and our advice to owners. Those subtle, aristocratic and lovable friends, our cats, are together in our war effort. Many of our recommendations for food are prohibited under the Ministry of Food's wartime waste of food order. And our famous and excellent animal foods have become controlled. Thus, the manufacturer has stopped. Whilst present conditions continue, we can only suggest that foods not fit for human consumption be utilised. And where that familiar horse-meat man is no longer seen in the streets, fish offal, when added to ordinary scraps from the table, will go a long way. 28th of January, 1940. The Sunday People. There may be dogs of war, but our cats are doing their bit. Thousands of cats may be shipped to France to fight side by side at the front. But they won't fight Nazis. They will help rid the trenches of rats. The plan is sponsored by Mr. A. A. Stewart, Organising Secretary of the Cats Protection League, who is conducting an official inquiry into the uses of cats in wartime. He told us that... Cats were successfully employed to rid the trenches of rats in the last war. We should arrange for the purchase of cats, and our vets will see that they are safely shipped to France in a humane manner, and that they are properly fed and looked after. The Sunday People, 4th of February 1940. Retraction. In last Sunday's issue of The People, the story was published suggesting that thousands of cats might be shipped to France to fight the vet pest in the trenches. The Cats Protection League now informs us that far from being in favour of such a scheme, the organisation would definitely be opposed to it. Our family Moggy has a black patch under his nose, so we've named him Hitler. We've taught him, whenever we give him food, to raise his right paw in a Nazi salute. That'll show the un what we think of the Fuhrer and his rabble. The Jones family, Basingstoke. Our Siamese cat born last year has hardly left the house since the Nazis came, but he has managed to evade the Hun who happily shoot our pets. We've been feeding him on limpets and that keeps him happy. Jenny Lugood, Jersey. Manchester Evening Telegraph, Wednesday 30th July 1941. Raid injured animals. Mr E. Bridges Webb, Councillor Mid-General Secretary of the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, writes, I believe your many animal-owning readers will be glad to learn that one of our specially equipped rescue squads with motor caravan dispensary is stationed at 7 Broad Street, Pendleton, Salford, ready to hurry out day or night to any place within a 40-mile radius that may be attacked in an air raid. Since the raids began, we have saved 62,070 dogs, 170,912 cats, 892 horses, 953 birds, and 602 other animals. Tabby and White Cat Andrew is the mascot of the Allied Forces Mascot Club. Our club commemorates all the animals and birds that serve with the Allied Forces. Andrew the Miracle Cat knows when the Doodlebug flying bombs are going to fall nearby. When he takes cover, everyone around heeds his warning. Cats have superior high-frequency hearing to humans and detect the sound of those flying bombs, warning their owners well in advance. 
Fourteen-year-old Tomcat Blakey, the pet of Mrs. L. Darlisle of Canterbury, was warming himself on the sitting-room hearth of his home in Surbiton when a German bomb came down the chimney. Half the house was reduced to rubble, but three days later, Blakey emerged from the ruin, minus one of his ears, and very hungry. That's the spirit, Blakey! At the outbreak of World War II, a small tabby cat turned up at St. Faith's Church in the heart of the City of London. The little lady just wanted a bit of food and warmth. The verger kept putting her back outside, but the cat kept returning, and in the end, spent the night curled up next to the altar. The church rector, Father Henry, decided she would become his church cat, naming her Faith. So Faith settled in, exploring, catching mice, growing sleek and plump, and attending services. In August 1940, Pussy Faith was looking a little plumper than usual, and one morning, Father Henry found a tiny kitten in her basket. A little celebration was held when the choir sang in honour of the new arrival, and the black and white kitten was named Panda. One day, when Father Henry was working at his desk, Faith went to the basement door and meowed. And when it was opened, checking that the father was following her, down she went. Returning back upstairs, Faith picked up Panda and took the kitten down to the basement. Father Henry decided to find out what was going on. Down in the dark, dirty and cold basement, Faith was nestled in the far corner, curled up with Panda. He gently picked up the kitten and took him upstairs where it was warm with Faith following and protesting the whole way. When he returned after the service, the basket was empty again, and sure enough, she returned Panda to the basement hideout. Father Henry decided to respect her wishes and take her basket down to the basement so that she would be more comfortable. On the 9th of September, Father Henry was returning to the rectory when the air raid sirens started to wail. He went into the shelter for the night but it was a severe raid, and the radio news reported heavy loss of life and buildings destroyed. When he returned to the church, his worst fears were realized. It was a mass of twisted wreckage, but the tower was still standing. A fireman told him to get away as the roof was likely to collapse. When he announced himself as the rector, the fireman asked if anyone was in the church. Father Henry replied, only Faith and Panda. The fireman said, I'm afraid nothing could have lived through this. I'm sorry, Father, but you've lost your cats. Now would you leave us so we can get on with our work? Four-legged first aid. If Jerry's raids injure our cats, there is plenty we can do. Make to amend home remedies are at hand. Ointment for burns. Two parts bleach powder and one part petroleum jelly. To calm your cat down, try a sedative. Bromide, but not too much, or that can bring on a sad mood in a cat. And keep away from aspirin, not right for felines. Those small burns or scalds can be bathed with cold strong tea or a solution of bicarbonate of soda and water. Earwax can be cleaned out using a homemade cotton bud dipped in diluted methylated spirit. Happy cats, happy home front. Last Tuesday, with the air raid siren sounding, we could not find our cat Oscar to bring him to the shelter. 
When the all clear sounded, we went home to find Oscar's tail in the garden. We were desolate at the loss of our lovely pet. But the next day at breakfast, he walked in healthy except for the loss of his tail. A happy ending to what could have been a sorry tale. Mrs. Jane Ogden Murray, Kensington. Dear Mummy, I wanted to tell you that everything is okay here in Cornwall. When I arrived at St. Ives Station with the other evacuated children, a nice family collected me and I'm staying with them at their cottage. But I do miss you and Fluffy our cat. The family I'm with, they have a nice dog, but not as cuddly as Fluffy. Please give Fluffy a big kiss from me. Lots of love, Esme. Snowy has lived in the rubble of his old home next door to me for four years after it was bombed and his mistress killed. He refused to be taken in by neighbours, so we built him a kennel and fed him in the remains of his old home. Bert Crumwick, Plasto. Anyone who has either had anything to do with government departments will doubtless recall what a long way round people have to go to get a street answer to a simple question. The forms that have to be filled up. A classic example was an indent once submitted for CAT 1. The circumstances were these. Mice were eating up soldiers' trousers in an army clothing department and were declining to succumb to the allurement of even the best cheese in the most up-to-date traps. So the OC in charge of soldiers' trousers thought of a cat. He bust in his indent to the appropriate authority in Kew and after some few months got a notification that his application had been duly received, noted and passed to the DDQMQ Supplies Livestock. At the end of a few more months, the applicant sent a gentle reminder which said, What about that blasted cat? At the end of another month, the OC's Soldiers' Trousers Department got this. With reference to your O-22BN and your DO undated, I have the honour to request that you will state for information the A colour, B age, C sex of cat required. Present numbers of mice engaged in attack upon garments, and two, number of mice cat is likely to kill and eat per day. Father Henry could not bear to abandon his beloved cats in the bomb church. So as soon as a fireman left the scene, he returned clambering over the debris, calling for faith. Then, from under the smoking timbers, he heard a faint meow. The priest began to move the timbers and rubble, glancing at the dangerously sagging roof. Throwing bundles of burned papers to one side, he found Faith in the corner, surrounded by smouldering rubble, nursing her kitten panda, such a song of praise and thanksgiving as I had never heard. With tears of relief, Father Henry picked up the frightened animals, just as the damaged roof collapsed in a shower of sparks, burying the corner where the cats had been. 
There was more nights of bombing, but no further tragedies befell St. Augustine's. And as the German Blitz came to an end, Father Henry and the parishioners cleared up the church so services could resume at the tower. And Father Henry put up this notice. Our dear little church cat of St. Augustine's and St. Faith, the bravest cat in the world. On Monday, September the 9th, 1940, she endured the horrors and perils beyond the power of words to tell. Shielding her kitten in the basement, she sat the whole frightful night of bombing and fire, guarding her little kitten. The roofs and masonry exploded. The whole building blazed. Four floors fell through the front of her. Fire and water and ruin all around her. Yet she stayed calm and steadfast and waited for help. We rescued her in the early morning while the place was still burning. And by the mercy of Almighty God, she and her kitten were not only saved, but unhurt. God be praised and thanked for his goodness and mercy to our dear little pet. Dear Mrs Dickin, You may have seen in the newspapers the story of Faith, our church cat who survived the terrible bombings at St Faith's Church when she hid her little kitten in the basement of the building. Would you consider this brave animal for the PDSA Dickin Medal? Yours sincerely, Rosalind Evans, wife of the verger at St. Faith's Church. Dear Mrs. Rosalind Evans, thank you so much for your touching letter. That is indeed a brave cat. Unfortunately, the Dickon Medal can only be awarded to a military cat. But we were so impressed with Faith's bravery that we would like to have a special silver medal made. And if you will permit, I would be honored to come and present the award to the lovely animal myself. Yours faithfully, Maria Dickin, founder of the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals. On a sunny October afternoon in 1945, two black limousines draw up outside St. Augustine's Church in the City of London to the peal of its bells. Out of one car steps the Archbishop of Canterbury, and from the other vehicle, Maria Dickin emerges. This smartly dressed and upright 75-year-old is the founder of the BDSA, an instigator of the Dickin Medal, known as the Animals George Cross. The occasion is for the presentation of a silver medal for a very special pussy. Church cat Faith captured the nation's heart when the little Moggy took her newborn kitten to safety during a London Blitz raid. Father Henry Ross found Faith and kitten Panda in the bombed-out basement of his church. The proud rector holds the fairy hero as the medal is placed around her neck and the citation is read. From the PDSA to Faith of St. Augustine's Church for Steadfast Courage in the Battle of London, September the 9th, 1940. Feline Faith finished the day not just with a medal, but with a very special plate of fish. The representative of the German High Command signed the act 
of unconditional surrender, the German war is therefore at an end. We may allow ourselves a brief period of rejoicing. Today is victory in Europe's day. During a very severe bombing raid here in Swansea, our neighbours Tabby Tommy jumped out of a shattered window. The windows of the house was boarded up until 1946. Then, three days ago, the boards was removed and the cat came back. The war is over and Tommy is home. This Extraordinary Stories of Britain World War II podcast was written and produced by Mark Zakian and voiced with Felicity Vensel, Tony Lewis and Maria Clark. For more history podcasts, including our Cats podcast, visit storiesofbritain.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stories of Britain. Don't worry, 